Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today is a very special guest. Eric Adams, television editor of the AV Club. And we are thrilled to have you, Eric. We, we at Tough Pigs have been big fans of your Muppet coverage for years now, so... No, well, thank you very much. It was a, it was an honor to be asked, uh, and I'm always, I'm always pleased to see uh, Chin on on the uh, Tough Picks boards. Absolutely. So today we are looking at minutes 23 and 24 of the Muppet movie, which we start out in the middle of moving right along, and we end two minutes later as Kermit and Fozzie approach. Doc Hopper's billboard, now featuring Kermit, and Fozzie says to you. So, the first thing we should probably talk about in these minutes is the rest of Moving Right Along, which we discussed <laughs> briefly on our last episode, but we get most of the song here. So, Eric, I'm going to start with you. How did how did the last two-thirds of Moving Right Along strike you <laughs> re-watching it for these minutes? Well, it's very funny to join in the middle of the song um but you know this is this is the half that has some of the the funnier lyrics some of the strongest jokes uh, all the rhymes in these songs i mean throughout the movie are just solid like in terms of in terms of lyrics like paul williams is so great at packing in very clever wordplay and rhyme schemes and like this uh, this part of moving right along has a has a lyric that rhymes with Saskatchewan. Like how 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 does it get better than that? Yeah, they did it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I might say it gets better than that by actually including a mountie sitting on a horse as the <laughs> as the visual signifier of Saskatchewan. That's movie magic too, because we know that they were shooting this either in California. Or New Mexico, but all you need is a Mountie on a horse, and suddenly you're in Canada. I don't know if uh, you guys discussed this at all in the first half of the song, but uh, it really kind of throws the uh, the geography of this particular trip uh, in, into question all over the place. And, it you know, that's... does, and we didn't really get into it last time, but I do have some notes on that. Um, go, be- please go ahead <laughs> because it's kind of remarkable they go from sadly we just left Rhode Island so okay we know that their destination is Hollywood and I checked on Google Maps uh, if just going by Providence which is the capital of Rhode Island that's about 3,000 miles away from Los Angeles so they're already way off track but then like well and yeah we we know that they came from the swamps of Mississippi as well. So yeah, approximately. They went north and actually east to get to Rhode Island. Right, and then the next line, "Send someone to fetch us." We're in Saskatchewan. Uh, so from Saskatchewan, if you're on the border uh, to Los Angeles, is again about three thousand miles. But then, if you're going from Providence, Rhode Island to the middle of Saskatchewan. That's 2,200 miles in itself. So between those two lines of the song, they just drove 2,200 miles, which is about a 35-hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Would you never really mind that uh, they they had to have gone through some sort of border crossing at, at some point. Oh yeah, they'd did have they to bring go their passports the with them? Well, yeah, you're right. They must have passed. Well, do frogs and bears need passports though? Is <laughs> Presumably, the they're American citizens. I suppose so, but um, I was going to say about the song um, through a snowstorm at some point, which we don't know exactly where that is, but that presumably that would slow down their trip as well, right? Yeah, storm it's is 35, right. 35 hours on a good day, but you were driving through a snowstorm. Although I do, I really, really love how the snowstorm is that one shot, right? <laughs> like, we, we see them driving, suddenly it's a snowstorm, cuts to a different angle outside the car, there's no snow anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, they they were just passing through. It was a, it was a brief freak snowstorm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I suppose maybe it didn't slow them down too terribly. I guess not. But I think the conclusion we can draw from all of this is that they are very lost, and Fozzie is probably a very bad driver. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we will, I believe, in the next minutes get the explanation for why Fozzie is a bad driver. But so far... We just have the evidence to go on. And the evidence suggests that, yes, Ryan, you are right. Fozzie is a terrible driver. So any other um, visual jokes you guys wanted to talk about? Well, of course, there's the, uh, there's the big uh, cameo in the middle of this segment uh, when they cross paths with uh, one of their Muppet brethren, uh, Big Bird, on his way to break into public television. <laughs> right, which is a joke I only got as a kid because... Our PBS station in Eastern North Dakota was called Prairie Public Television. And they, like, that's what they said on air. You know, you're watching Prairie Public. So that's what I thought Big Bird was talking about when I was a kid. You thought specifically he was going to your local PBS station. Yes, because I was a small child and I knew that it was Prairie Public. Nothing else was public television yeah. in my mind. And that's so where that's you watch Sesame Street. So, yeah, yeah that's great. So basically, I learned this? from the Muppet movie that my P- PBS station in Fargo was based out of New York. But sorry, go on air. <laughs> I was just going to say, is this the type of joke that we'd be able to get in a modern Muppet movie? Like, are there legalities getting in the way of the Sesame Street Muppets appearing in a Disney Muppet production? Actually, yes. Um, they, Jason Siegel and Nick Stoller wrote a joke for the 2011 movie where Kermit tries to get Elmo to be on the telethon. And Elmo says, sorry, Mr. Kermit, Elmo's lawyers won't let him. <laughs> and then actually like that, that was Sesame work. Like that actually turned out to be true. Like legally they couldn't include Elmo. They wouldn't even let them do a joke about the fact that they wouldn't let them be on the, in the movie. Yeah. Which I kind of think is too bad. Cause I love the Sesame street cameos in the first three movies. And I think it would have been great to bring that back for the nostalgia-heavy 2011. Yeah, that would have fit right in. And it just it establishes such a breadth to this world, you know? Like, it's not just the characters that exist on The Muppet Show. It's these, you know, it's these monsters. It's this giant, flightless bird who lives in a huge nest at the end of a brownstone, you know? Like, it's this whole universe that... Uh, that Henson and the had built a, across the years. And, you know, like I can imagine what it would have been like to have been a kid in 79 in the movie theater 
seeing, you know, first of all, seeing Fozzie Bear behind the wheel of a car. What talk, I mean, talk about movie magic. Right. And then all of a sudden, here comes Big Bird. Like, that's, that's, that's just so great. And, you know, as, as a kid, I always, you know, I was able to make the connections between the shows. And obviously there was crossover there because Kermit was a Sesame Street character. But like it, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was just, it, it was something special. And it, it made, to just make so much more sense that, uh, that Big Bird would be on, uh, you know, they would cross paths on their ways to success. One right, on the way to right. Hollywood, one on the way to New York. Right. Although I do, I do feel like the Big Bird's specific line about going to New York to break into public television is the kind of joke that, I mean, obviously he wouldn't make it on Sesame Street, but even on like talk shows, Big Bird generally doesn't know he's on a TV show. That's true. Right? They don't generally acknowledge that they're, that they're characters on TV. Right. If Jimmy Kimmel or whoever says something to Big Bird about being a TV star, he's like, well, Big Bird... Uh, or Elmo would do that, but he would say, well, I'm not on TV. I live on Sesame street, you know, or something like that. So I really love the idea that in this movie, sort of approximately how it happened, this is like big bird, the actor before he gets the Sesame street gig. And he's not like, he hasn't developed the character yet all the way or something. Right. <laughs> he's going to yeah. audition for the role of big bird. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I mean, we were we were having fun talking about the logistics of the trip, but you know, like uh, like Robin asks Kermit at the beginning of the movie, like, is this really the story of how the Muppets came together? And it's like, you know, more or less, it's uh, it's fictionalized. So I guess like if if we're talking about Big Bird's self awareness, like there's layers within layers within layers there where Bird that we would see in the real world doesn't realize he's on a TV show, but now uh, in this movie within a movie. Uh, he's being tasked with uh, uh, this six-foot-tall ingenue uh, <laughs> hitchhiking his way across the USA. Right, and I'm sure that I, it's very easy to imagine Big Bird, Ker, you know, Kermit says, you want to be in my movie? And Big Bird's like, wow, a movie? Yes, great. And, you know, they had to do many takes for him to get his line correct or something. Big, we should mention that Big Bird is played here by Carol Spinney. We've been inter- introducing the puppeteers kind of as they've shown up. Carol Spinney, of course, debuted on Sesame Street as Big Bird and Oscar in 1969 on the very first episode. Continues to occasionally play both of them to this day. It's a really impressive run. But it's really, I mean, he's 84 years old, you know, that shows its 48th season. Um, I just watched the Christmas special from last year with my three-year-old the other day, and there's Carol Spinney voicing Oscar. But... He was not on The Muppet Show. I I feel like maybe, I mean, a lot of our listeners probably know that, but some people don't. Carol Spinney never worked on The Muppet Show except a couple of times as Big Bird, you know, or he would show up as his Sesame Street characters in Muppet-related things. So it's really a special thing when he does. You know, a lot of uh, Sesame Street characters, you know, if Ernie and Bert show up, that's Jim Henson and Frank Oz, right? That's Kermit and Fozzie. Right, that's two guys who were already there. Right, but if... Carol Spinney, Big Bird Oscar shows up, like he really is a guest star. You know, like Eric, you mentioned how big it makes his world feel. Like they're actually bringing in a guest star from a hit TV show for this. If it was, like I said, you know, Ernie and Bert or The Count or something. So I, I really loved that they got him to do it. 
Why, why is it that, that Spinney has always sort of been just like the, a, a New York uh, operating member of, of these casts? Like what was, was there any reason that he didn't go to London with the, the rest of the casts to do the Muppet show? Well, I know that he was hired to, in, in the original pilot for Sesame Street, the Muppets were only in sketches, insert segments. They were not on the street itself. And then when that bombed and kids were not paying attention to the street segments in the test for the original pilot, they hired Carol to play these two characters who would be on the street all the time. From the very beginning, he was kind of hired to be kind of separate. You know, his, his characters were more integrated into Sesame Street itself at the beginning. Yeah, I think I, I don't know all the specifics. Yeah, I don't know all the specifics, but I think that was kind of the idea was that he would stay there and be on Sesame Street all the time. So when these other guys went to do the Muppet show and there are several seasons where you don't really see like Grover, Cookie Monster, Bert, Ernie, you don't really see them showing up on the street at all, like in the daily street stories. But Big Bird and Oscar are are everywhere. So he kind of him staying on Sesame Street provided it with some stability with the Muppet characters. Right. So, and, and in those days, they were doing 130 episodes a year of Sesame Street. Yes, 130 first. street stories a year. Which is preposterous. All through the <laughs> yeah. So Carol Spinney was kind of like the main guy back in New York while they were doing the Muppet show over in London. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the basic. So another thing about this, this moment, um, as of this recording... Uh, the the shots where the Studebaker pulls over and Fozzie sticks his hat out the window and says, want a lift? Uh, as of this recording, those shots are being used in a coffee commercial with George Clooney. Have you both seen this? Oh, yeah. Where he's kind of hitchhiking and like traveling his way across the country and they integrate him in various movie clips because he's trying to go get a cup of coffee or something. So, yeah, one of them is he gets picked up by Kermit and Fozzie. So that's pretty fun. So that's George Clooney in place of Big Bird. Yes, exactly. They swapped right. out Big Bird for George Clooney. You <laughs> can decide for yourself if that's an improvement or not. <laughs> is Big Bird the George Clooney of Sesame Street? Huh. Hmm. That is a good question. I might argue that Bob McGrath is the George Clooney of Sesame Street. Ooh. <laughs> good answer. I was sitting here trying to come up with a response, but yeah, that, I think you nailed it. <laughs> Um, the thing about that, that want to lift moment that has, I wouldn't say puzzled me, but I've always noticed it is Fozzie pulls way ahead of Big Bird and then they like turn around and notice him. And then it cuts immediately to Fozzie and Big Bird being level with each other. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it, it feels like he's about six to eight feet ahead of Big Bird. And then the cut is immediately to them being level, which I get for brevity's sake. There's no reason we really need to see Fozzie back up. Right, but you're right. Like, they do pass him first. Yeah. It's, it always seemed to me like they teleported a few feet or something, like watching this as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had, you know? had David Lynch directed the Muppet movie, we would have seen the car back all the way up to Big Bird. That is true. Yeah. If, had David Lynch directed the Muppet movie, it would also be two hours and 15 minutes long. So... <laughs> As much as I love the Muppets in this movie, I think it's okay that David Lynch did not direct it. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to say about Big Bird is um, just talking about all the lyrics, clever lyrics to the song. I love that they, they're singing all about their environment, right? They're singing about 
we're in Saskatchewan. Should, should it be snowing? Whatever. Um, after they leave Big Bird, the camera, the last shot of Big Bird, the line that they're singing is, we're truly birds of a feather. We're in this together. Yeah. So I like that even meeting Big Bird, like, influences the lyrics to the song, right? I don't know. I, I like that they incorporate him in that, in that small way. Yeah, that's a nice even way though to the line isn't like, there's a, Yeah. I, I, I feel like that must be intentional, right? I don't I think don't so. There's no... This, it's... It, the way that this this movie and this script work, like there's no wasted opportunity for jokes. I mean, everything is just packed wall to wall with jokes, like like a Mel Brooks movie or like a Carl Reiner movie or you know like like Zucker Abrams and Zucker. Like that's that's what I've always appreciated about this one, and to a, a lesser extent, Great Muppet Caper is it just like it's it's so it's so funny it's throwing so many jokes at the wall that you know I, I would have to say that anthony's probably on on the right track there yeah we know they well, definitely paid very close attention to detail right oh and speaking of jokes one of the things in these minutes that we have not mentioned yet is one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie a bear in his natural habitat a student <laughs> yeah so my question is, do they say Studebaker so many times just because someone, probably Jerry Jewell, thought it was funny? It is absolutely a funny word. And they could have gone with any number of other makes and models of cars that would not have been nearly as funny as the word Studebaker. Right, right. It's a funny car, and it's a car that wasn't being manufactured at the time of the movie, right? Like, the Studebaker is kind of a legendary flame-out in terms of... Uh, automotive manufacturing so like that's that like i mean when i was very very young that was the only reason i knew even about the studebaker motor company was because of the muppet show or the muppet movie and there was just something yeah, inherently can... funny about this car that's a really good point i, right. I might um, still not know about studebakers if it weren't for this movie yeah well Unless you went to the uh, Studebaker Museum in South Bend, Indiana. Indiana, right? yes, where you can make a donation to restore one of the movie-used Studebakers. Which, I, 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 that's the second time we've mentioned it. So at this point, listeners might be thinking that the Studebaker Museum is a sponsor. They're not. But if they want to throw some dollars our way, we would not turn them down. Yeah, maybe we should try to get them to sponsor us. <laughs> but uh, And we'll put it right back because we want to restore that car. Yes. Um, but their their Wikipedia page, so it's, it's it's the Wikipedia page, so take it with a grain of salt. But it does say that the company closed on May in May 1967. So they had stopped making them 12 years before the Muppet. All right. All right. So good to know. All right. So anything else about the Big Bird moment before we move on? Yes, I have one very important note uh, about the Big Bird moment, and that is from when we interviewed Kathy Mullen, the Muppet performer, who was one of many who worked on this movie. Uh, we interviewed her for the website, toughpigs.com. One of her memories about the movie was that when they shot this scene with Big Bird, the entire cast and crew were hungover from having partied all night at their hotel the night before. So think about that the next time you watch this scene, everyone. Oh, and it's it's such a bright, sunny day too. Like those must have just been the worst circumstances. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. Have been hungover. Well, well, 
I will say that it's nice for Jim, Frank, Carol Spinney, and whoever's doing Fozzie's Right Hand, because none of them are actually out in the sunshine, right? (laughs) (laughs) But they're still crammed into the front of that car. Right. True. True. Yeah, she actually mentioned, like, she was the person who had to, like, pin the Fozzie puppet onto the the right-hander or onto Frank or something like that, and it was, like, she kept poking them with the pins and stuff like that, so... Yeah, it was. It looks great on the screen, but uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, a lot of effort went into filming it. That's movie magic, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so the most of these minutes are just moving right along. We do end with our first glimpse of the new Doc Hopper sign featuring Kermit the Frog, but we will have plenty of time in our next episode to talk about Doc Hopper and the sign. I think. So do either of you have any final thoughts on moving right along? Uh, I have a couple of assorted uh, tidbits about the song itself. This was released as a single in 1979 when the movie came out. Moving right along was the A side. Never before, never again was the B side. I don't know how high high it charted or anything like that, but just a little interesting tidbit there. And it does it. It's a 45. You could theoretically buy and add to your collection yeah somewhere out there you know go to your your local record store and look for it Mm -hmm. and uh, also it was named number 10 on tough pigs list of top 60 kermit moments so we've encountered a few of those uh moments already uh, on the show but this was number 10 yes many of kermit's finest moments are in the muppet movie (laughs) <laughs> get out of here I, yeah i think it's hard to argue <laughs> with our rankings well we wrote them so i don't know why we would argue with them <laughs> eric anything else uh no i mean other than just like like so many of the songs from this movie like moving right along just gets stuck in my head immediately as soon as i listen to it like as soon as uh ryan sent me these the clips uh, to watch it's it's just been in there going over and over and over again it's just it's a classic melody the the lyrics are so sticky i think about rhode island when i think about saskatchewan when when i think about forks in the road i always think back to this scene and this song sure yeah well me too and actually I'm pretty sure this song is the only reason I remember that the sun rises in the east. <laughs> right? Because of the line, hey, I've never seen the sun come up in the west. Like, when I think about which direction the sun rises, it, like, I think of that line every time. So it's educational, too. Yeah, I mean, and it's not oh, even... that's why Big Bird's there. Right, yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's not even Sesame Street, but here it's, it's teaching us so many things. <laughs> right? There you go. All right. And I think with that, we will close the book on moving right along and move along to our next episode. Uh, so, Eric, uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, thank you, you so much for having me. You think you'll be able to come back next week? I, I would love to. All right. Wonderful. Great. So, um, until next time, be sure to look for Tough Pigs on the Internet. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're at toughpigs.com. We're also on various other social media, and you can find me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist, and you can find Ryan on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. And Eric, where can people find you on the internet? 
People can find me on the internet at uh, www.avclub.com. And you can find me at Twitter at uh, Eric M. Adams. The M stands for Muppet Movie Fan. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you threw in the www on the the AV Club URL, too. I thought about throwing in the HTTP uh, colon backslash backslash as well, but I was like, you know what? No, it's it's 2017. People people know how a URL works. I hope they can find it. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Um, so once again, this has been Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast. Um, our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Thank you, Stacy. And our logo was designed by Morgan Davy. Thank you, Morgan. If you're and if you're so inclined, please give us a positive review on iTunes. As you've heard probably on other podcasts before, that helps podcasts get more listeners and better promotion. So please do that if you feel so moved to do and tell all of your friends to listen to Moving Right Along. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.